Good morning. It's good to be in the house of the living God this morning. Hallelujah. If you guys have your Bibles, and I pray you do, go with me to the New Testament. Today we're going to be in the book of Galatians. I believe that Galatians, out of all the books of the Bible, is my very favorite because it speaks of the freedom we have in Christ Jesus, our Lord, our Savior. Amen. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17. Reading this morning now the NIV version, actually the old NIV version, the new NIV I do not like, but I do like the older version. I wish they'd leave things alone sometimes, amen? When you get it right, leave it alone. Don't keep trying to make it better. So once you find your place, as always, we ask you at Millwood Church to please stand for the reading of God's holy word. You know, it's interesting how we we have something called Father's Day. I'm not even. I'm starting off the Holy Spirit this morning. That's okay. But it's interesting that we have something called Father's Day when Jesus Himself tells us, He says, "Do not call anyone on earth father." For you, you have only one Father, and He is in heaven. But we have something called Father's Day. Isn't that crazy? So maybe we should call it Daddy's Day. Hallelujah. And with that said, I just want to say Happy Daddy's Day to each and every one of you this morning, if you've got children. So if you got your place, say amen. The Bible says, so I, I live by the Spirit. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit. And the Spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each others so that you do not do what you want. Let's read it again. So I say live, or which also means to walk. So I say live or walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so you do not do what you want. Let us pray. Happy Father's Day, God. Lord, I love you. I love you deeply in my heart. I know that I fail you as a man many times on a daily basis. But I know who my redeemer is. I know who my help is. And I come before you in the mighty name of Christ, Jesus, the Lord and Savior of all mankind. And it's by that name and the only name by which was given to men by which we must be saved. Father, I came here not on accident or a coincidence, but I came here this morning because you have a purpose and you have a plan. Your word tells us, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Lord, we need hope. We need a future today. And our future and our hope is only in you. So have your way this morning in this servant, in this service. Speak through these lips of clay, 
And may the Christ be glorified in all that I speak on today. Lord, I even thank you for the little dog who's here today. Because Lisey's got a seat. Hallelujah. And Lord, I just praise you this morning for what you're about to do in this service. And we love you now in Christ's name. And God's people said amen. Amen. You may be seated. And now, before I really dive into my service, I'd like to touch on the very last part of what Paul says here. Because honestly, over, over the years, I have struggled with the very last part. Not struggling in believing, but the struggling of understanding. Because a lot of times when you read the Word of God, it, it, it's not quite as easy to understand as you may think it is. And this is just one of those little parts of the Bible that I, I struggled with and had trouble understanding. But, but I found that once I, I began to compare it to other translations like the King James Version or the Amplified Version, then it began to come real clear to me. So let me, let me just read what Paul says here. He says, they are in conflict with each other so that, here's the part, so that you do not do what you want. Now let me go ahead and read the King James Version right quick. The King James Version, written in 1611, he says, So that ye cannot do the things that you would. In other words, what this is actually saying is that we are not to do whatever we want to do. Because we feel like it. Amen? In other words, just because you feel like it does not give you permission to do it. Because if you do what you feel like doing, then you're going to find yourself going against the equation of God and His Word, the Holy Spirit. We don't live a life that lives, we don't live a life that's, that, that's contradicts the Word of God, but we supposedly supposed to live a, a life that reflects the Word of God. Can I get an amen? For example, when uh, we get angry about certain things, our sinful nature is, is inside of us, and that's that sinful nature that desires to get angry, to get mad, and to say things that we should not say. Because the Spirit of God is not going to say things that we should not say, but exactly what we should say. Are you with me this morning? And so we, we need to learn to, to, to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit because naturally... We love to say and do things that do not reflect the Christ that we serve. I like the words of Peter's in 1 Peter 3 and 9. He says, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with a blessing so that you may inherit a blessing. Jesus says in Luke 6, 27 and 28, I know you're going to love this. But I tell you who hear me. Are you listening? But I tell you who hear me. Are you listening? But I tell you who hear me. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those who mistreat you. Can I get an ouch this morning? Now we got to understand... You got to understand this morning that, that, that we're not alone in this thing called life. You think you're the only one that struggles with this, but you're not. In fact, we go all the way back 2,000 years to, to one of the greatest 
apostles that ever lived and ever will live, the apostle Paul, he himself struggled on a daily basis with his flesh. That's comforting, amen? And and so when you look in the book of Romans chapter 7, you'll begin to see the struggles with the apostle Paul. That's your homework this week. I want you to read chapter 7, but don't stop in 7. Because we got to move on to chapter 8. Because chapter 8 is, is the picture of how you and I should live. Not according to the flesh of chapter 7, but according to the spirit that is spoken in Romans chapter 8. Are you listening? Are you learning something? So let me go ahead, go ahead and show you his, his struggle. Now this is probably 98, I may even say 99% of all the Christians in America today. This is where we're living. Paul says, Romans seven fifteen through 19, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. <laughs> Amen. Does that sound like somebody in the house today? And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it's no longer I myself who do it, But it's sin, speaking of the sinful nature, sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I, everybody says, but I. I cannot carry it out. In other words, you can't do this in your sinful nature. It's impossible. You might be good a little while, but it won't take long. The horns will come out. Hallelujah. But I cannot carry it out. Verse 19, for I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. (laughs) Woo, that makes me laugh. Romans 8 and 6, listen to the victory. He says, the mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. In in other words, the way you think upon things will make the difference. What what, what is controlling your thinking today? There's something driving you. There's something inside of you that's leading you. It's either your sinful nature or it's the Holy Spirit of God. If you're living according to the sinful nature, you're going to say things and do things that are not pleasing to God. I don't care how mad you get. You need to hold your tongue. I'd have got to learn that myself. Come on, amen. Like the sermon I wrote years ago says, the little red devil behind the pearly gates. Glory be to God. And so today's message is simply entitled, We Live and Walk by the Spirit of God. I think I'm going to change that. I want to call this, We Live and We Live by the Spirit of God. I'll explain that here in a little while. Let's start in verse 16. 
So I say live by the Spirit and you will not, everybody say will not, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. And so what we have here this morning is not only a very good godly formula to follow, but we also have something called a guarantee. God's not a man that he should lie, nor is he a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? And so if God is saying that we can do something, we can do it. It's not impossible for us. But we have to follow the formula. We have to go according to the word of God. Otherwise, you will not get the results that he has promised us as his children. Paul says it like this in Romans 8, 14. He said, for those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. Let me break that down quick, quickly. Now, you may be born again, and I know you are, but if you find yourself following, following the flesh, your lifestyle is not reflecting the Spirit of God. But those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. In other words, those who are led by the Spirit of God are those who are reflecting what God teaches us to do in His Holy Word today. Does that make any sense? Because we're living in a world that everybody is following something called their feelings. (laughs) Your feelings will get you in some trouble. Because just because you feel like that, you should not move on it. I felt like it. Why'd you do that? I felt like it. Why'd you say that? I just felt like it. See what I'm talking about? But listen to what James says. James 1, 19 and 20. Dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. So what does it show us? It shows us that God is desiring for you and I to live a certain way. So we should make it our goal to live a life that does not fail God. We're going to fail him. I got news for you. I don't care how, how holy you think you are. You're going to make mistakes. If you say you're not, then you're a liar and then you're, you're back in the same trouble. Come on, amen. Let, let's just admit I'm, I'm, I'm human. I'm living in this thing. This thing here is called the flesh. And this flesh was born to sin against God. But when your feelings and your emotions are leading you, you will find those feelings and emotions will cause you to do things that you do not really want to do. Because once you do it, it's already done, and you say, dang it, why did I say that? Why did I do that? Why, why, why? Why? But Paul says in Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, I think this is speaking to us all today. In your anger, do not sin. Do not, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. 
In other words, the moment that we surrender our will to the enemy and he uses our sinful nature, we give the enemy leverage over our lives. You know, the devil is only as powerful as you make him. He's a powerful being to those who feed him and give him the power to do it. Like my old, my old Bible teacher told me, said the devil's powerful, but Jesus pulled his teeth. But you and I are trying to put dentures back off in him. Come on, amen, so he can bite us. And we got to be wise on the way we act because if we, if we, we follow the lead of the flesh, we give the devil opportunity to use us. And as long as the devil is using us, we are not glorifying the one who saved us. And that's the, that's, that's key right there. We are to reflect Jesus, not Adam. The one who fell. Are y'all listening to me this morning? Thank you. Paul says in Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slandering along every form of malice. And be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving just as is Christ Forgave you. Me and my wife was hurt recently. And I said, you know what? On the way home from Arkansas, I said, I think what we need to do is just confess that wrong in our anger and say we're sorry and lay it at their table. And so they repaid our good with evil. So now I say, that's good. Now we can lay down with our head on the pillow and get some sleep. And what they did, they just put chains back on themselves. Are you with me this morning? See, see, love does something. The Bible says that, says that love covers a multitude of evil. It doesn't matter how evil and angry people get against us. We're called to love them. Because love is what sets us free. Love gives us power over the enemy. Because when we get angry and we say things and we act ugly, then he's got power over us. And so we're led by the spirit and not by the flesh. The devil rules the flesh. The devil uses our flesh against us. The spirit of God uses the spirit to to build us up, to encourage us, to strengthen us. My new friend, Dave, when he started coming to practice, I knew he had a lot on him. It's hard to step into a professional Christian rock band and just feel comfortable. So I wanted to make sure I would encourage him. It only took you doing a good job and all of a sudden his shoulders went back. You see, because it only takes one word of encouragement that inspires someone. If I want the best out of Dave... I got to, got to speak to him in a way that will bring the best out of him. Or I can say, you know, man, you just ain't cutting it, dog. You ain't making it. And his shoulders would go down. His skills would go low. And he'd walk out defeated. 
I don't want a defeated bass player. I want one that'll rock with me all the way to the end. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to give you another biblical truth that has another genuine guarantee from God that shows us that we do not have to fail in this life. And it's all about walking again with the Spirit of God. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. You write that down now. I want you to read this when you get it home. Now I'm going to try to, I know I've got a lot to teach on today, but I'm going to try to break this down where you leave here with something in between your ears besides chocolate donuts and coffee. Come on, amen. <laughs> Peter begins with these three words. His divine power. Stop there. What does that talk about? Can anybody just tell me what is that talking about? His, capital H, referring to God, His divine power. That, my friend, is the Holy Spirit of God. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness, listen, through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. So through these, His power and knowledge, through these, what? His power and knowledge. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature of God and escape the corruption of the world. Come on, amen. Caused by its evil desires. Wait a minute. You mean there is something that we haven't heard about called the divine nature of God? Because we all, all we hear about is our old ungodly sinful nature. But here, God is saying, I will give you power. I will give you the grace to walk in something that belongs to you. Called the divine nature. That this is what drives my wife crazy when I'm walking in the divine nature. When it hits the fan, and you know what it is. And I'm still smiling and not saying a word. Why are you smiling? Come on, amen. Why are you happy? Why are you grinning? Divine nature. What is the divine nature of God? The divine nature of God belongs to those who walk according to the Spirit and the Word of God all the time. In other words, it's my lifestyle. I don't just get a little feeling on Sunday, get a little word Sunday, and think I'm going to walk in the divine nature of God. I can't because I'm walking in this flesh. And so every morning I got to take the flesh, I got to lay it on the cross, crucify that sinful nature, take up the word of God, conceive it, and strengthen my inner man that when I walk out of my house, I got power. I got something that will go with me all day because my mind has been renewed with the word of God. Now, if you think I'm saying I'm perfect, you're wrong. 
but I'm trying. But here's something else we got to understand, that, that there's something called grace. Grace takes us beyond your understanding. Grace takes you to that other level. Because when you get into other levels, there's other devils. Come on, amen. And the more levels you go, the more powerful the devils are. But you need something called grace. And God's grace is is what gives us the power to overcome those new levels that we're faced with. And God says, I'll give you all the grace you need to accomplish it. 2 Corinthians 9 and 8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will, a promise, you will abound in every good work. I can't fail with this formula. I can't lose with this formula because it's a perfect formula given to us by God on how to accomplish it. If I stay in Romans 7, I'm in trouble. But those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God, Paul said. So verse 17 tells us, The sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. And so inside of you, if you're saved, talking to anybody who will listen to me, inside of you is right now, A battle. The battle between light and darkness. The battle between goodness and ungodliness. The battle of your flesh against the battle of the spirit. And so inside of us is this battle taking place from the moment we wake up till we go to bed at night. And sometimes throughout the night the battle is still raging. But I can promise you this. Whatever you feed inside of you will come out of your mouth. In other words, like Jesus said, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. <laughs> Woo, I'm preaching today. Come on, everybody. In other words, what you are putting inside of you will come out. If you're living your life at the trash can, trash will come out. And when I say the trash can, I'm talking about the things of the world. If you're living in the internet, you're living in the the magazines, the newspapers, or you're living in the news, people spend more time with the news than they do with the Holy Spirit. And so no matter what you're putting in of you will eventually come out of you. So if you're constantly feeding the flesh, it's coming out. David said these words, Psalms 119, 11. I've hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. What is David saying? He is saying that he is consuming the word of God daily because he is a man. And he knows that that man has the capability of saying and doing things that are not pleasing to God, and he proved it. James says 3, 9 through 12, with the tongue we praise our Lord and our Father, 
And with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praises and curses. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and and salt water flow from the same spring? Can the fig tree bear olive or a grapevine bear, bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. In other words, your sinful nature cannot impossible to produce goodness. But in the same way, it's impossible for the Spirit of God inside of you to do wrong. Wow, that's good stuff right there. I have something living in me that's not called the unholy ghost. He's called the Holy Ghost. Come on, amen. And I can promise you, nothing that he says and does will contradict what God has called him to do. And that is to lead me, to guide me, to be my teacher, my counselor. You know, you get in trouble, you go to the counselor's office at school. What's wrong with you? Can't help myself. (laughs) Can't help it. Someone told me earlier in life about the Spirit of God. I mean, well, they did, but I didn't want to hear it. Come on, amen. You know, I got a dog at home. She is a sweet dog. Right now, I just had a baby goat. She's so sweet that the baby goat's even nursing on her. She just had puppies. That's a sweet dog. But babe, babe has a problem. Because babe, in her bloodline, she is an Anatonian shepherd. She came, her bloodline came from Africa. Africa is a place with broad open territory. And so her nature is to run and cover broad areas. And so in my love, I put this thing around her called a fence. But that fence does not face her. She wants over. She wants to run free. So I have to do something called the cable or the chain, which seems cruel. But what's cruel is allowing her to get in the street to get killed. I'm going somewhere. Are y'all listening? You start talking about dogs. You got them, boy. Your eyes got Yeah. And so God's word is kind of like the cable. But we're kind of like the Antonian shepherd. Inside of us, we want to run wild every once in a while. Woo! Hallelujah. But the cable will give me some freedom. But it would only allow me to go so far. You see, y'all with me now. And so I'm allowed to go so far, but I can't cross the boundaries. There's a reason for it. The reason is called love. Because if I let the dog out, the dog will get out into the road. And inside the road is a thing called a truck, which is a picture of the devil who comes only to steal, kill, and destroy The truck, not the driver, but the truck itself has no compassion for the dog. It will run over the dog and not even blink a headlamp. 
Come on, amen. And, and so God in his grace has given us the word to keep us alive. Because John 10 and 10, the first part said, the enemy, he comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Oh my goodness. So we have an enemy outside our, our boundaries just waiting. Come on. So I'm going to entice you. I'm going to tempt you. I'm going to do whatever I can do to get you off that leash. To get you off that fence line. To get you on my side. Because if I can get you on my side. See, you're good with a pit bulldog as long as you don't get in his chain length. You can stay outside that chain link and you can taunt him or whatever. He can't get, you step off in that chain link. You might find yourself with an extra, come on, holes in your leg. Come on, <laughs> amen, because he'll eat you up. The same way with the enemy. We empower him by going against the word of God. And by going against the word of God, we step off into his realm. I'm teaching better than y'all. Listen. So James says, 113. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. God is saying right here, I'm not the one who's getting you in trouble. It's the enemy who comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Because he has a purpose. God has a purpose. God has a plan. And so does the devil. We read it. Could God be saying, hey, dog, I'm trying to keep you out of the road. Oh, Jesus ain't going to call me a dog. Yes, he will. That woman came for help. It's not right to give the master bread to the dogs. Yeah, master, but even the dogs eat the crumb that fall from the master's table. Come on, Amen. And so the enemy, he's trying to cause us to stumble in the fall and to walk according to the simple nature. God is saying, listen, I need you to walk according to the spirit of God. Speak when I tell you to speak. Listen. Be slow to anger. And so he tells us in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, we know this, but we don't know it. Because obviously if we knew it, we would do it. But he says no temptation has seized you except what it's common to man. That God is faithful and just. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out. God said, I don't care how much the devil tempts you. I'm giving you a way out. I don't care how bad you are wanting whatever it is that's got you addicted today. Could be pornography. It could be whatever has people, alcohol or drug, it'll get you. And it, it will, and the devil will use that bait. And he ain't gonna put his bait off inside the realm of God. He's gonna put it right outside the realm, the boundary. Whew, man, I, I want it so bad. I know how it makes me feel. I want that funny feeling. Y'all don't know what that is. 
But if you've ever been on the other side and you cross that line, you get that funny feeling, that funny feeling sometimes will take over you. But sin is only fun for a season. And sin will kill you graveyard dead. The very thing that the enemy is drawing you to is the very thing that will kill you. Why? It's his purpose. It's his plan. It's his will. But God said, listen, I'm not putting a fence around you with a cable because I hate you. I'm giving you some boundaries because I love you and want you to stay alive. Oh, man. I don't even want to stop. Galatians 6, 7 and 8. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man shall reap what he sows. And the one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. And those who sow to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Is God saying that he could kill us? Am I out of the will of God here? Am I taking things out of contents? Let's see. Romans 6 and 23. For the wages of sin is life. No, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. James 1, 14 and 15. But each man is tempted when he is dragged away by his own evil desires. There's the flesh. And enticed. Then after the desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is full grown, it gives birth to death. I wonder how old your sin is today. I'll let you chew on I'm not even going to elaborate on that. So the only way we can live today is to walk by the Spirit of God. And how do we walk by the Spirit of God? By one word. By the knowledge of God's Word. Everybody say knowledge. Understanding. Paul tells us, do not conform. Romans 12 and 2. Romans 12 and 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. I wish my boys were here today. It had been cool. But but who I was, Justin and Blake, even as little boys, they, they had something that we bought them when they were little, something called Transformers. I didn't have train. I had G.I. Joe. But they had transformers. And what was awesome is that on the outside, it appeared to be a, just a truck or a car. But through knowledge, you could transform that car and truck into a mighty warrior, a robot. In other words, you and I look just like everybody else in the world. 
Oh, but inside of us, we can be transformed into the image and into the likeness of God. But if we don't have knowledge on how to get this out there, then we'll just look and act like everybody else. But the more that we learn about the Word of God, we become powerful in the hand of God. In other words, we become the actual sword that God uses to cut the enemy down. My mama don't like rock music at all. But if I ever sent her my lyrics and she sent and just read those lyrics, she'd be like, I'm a rocker. (laughs) Amen. Because on the outside, it sounds a lot like the world. But on the inside, there's power because it's loaded with the word of God that will change and transform people's life from the inside out. You got some fool out there, don't care about God, don't love God, but the word of God is coming through them lyrics. He's like, yeah, stand red. Next night, he's like, he's in church going, praise the Lord. Something happened to me. I tell you what happened to you, the word of God got into you like a seed, and that seed manifested itself, and you became a new creation. Woo, what happened? Got hot in here. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. We got to get transformed. We got to get renewed and set free. Paul says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand in the evil day. And having done all the stand, stand therefore with your loins girded about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of gospel peace. Above all, taking up the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of spirit, which is the word of God, and praying always with all kinds of prayers and supplications in the spirit and watching thereunto in all supplications and perseverance for all the saints. Paul ain't talking about putting on a uniform. He's talking about putting on Christ. But think about it. Does a soldier, does he actually go to bed with his armor on? He'll lay it next to him. When he wakes up, the first thing he does, he what? He puts it on, get ready for battle. Same with us. We go to bed, pray it up, wake up, and put it on. Every day, put it on. Put yourself on, man. Put it on. Jesus, I close with these words of Christ. Matthew 6, 11. Give us this day our daily bread. See, the same bread that feeds us is the same bread that will protect us. The same bread that protects us is the same bread that loves us. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will live even though he dies. We got everything. Everything we could ever want 
and desire. You, you say, I want to be a better Christian. No, you don't. If you did, you would devour this thing. You say you want to be a good Christian? Wear it out. Don't let it rust out. This is where your victory is right here. I can only give you enough to handle you for one day. What are you going to do tomorrow? What are you going to do Tuesday and Wednesday? You're going to have to get into this thing. You're going to have to memorize the word of God. Because once they take it from us, then what do you got? It's coming. I'm going to have enough of me inside of me. I don't know how much I can hold. But I got a lot. 2,112 verses, I think, (laughs) that I've memorized. It takes me 14 days to go through all my verses. And every day I'm hitting about 80 to 100. And some of them going, oh, I don't remember it. But the once I hear one word, it comes to me. See, it's a process of, of, of telling my flesh, no, 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 no. The world says you can't memorize the word of God. No, the spirit of God will help you in all things. If you can't memorize scripture, it's nobody's fault but your own. Because you don't convince yourself that you can't. When God says that you can't, I can do what? All things through Christ who strengthens me. That means there is no limitation to what we can do in God. And, and, and that means we can control this tongue. We can control our anger. We can control every area if we desire it. Let's all stand. I hope you enjoy that this morning. I think the Holy Spirit was moving this morning. But I give you the opportunity as always. I know just about everybody in this room, and I know probably everybody in here say, but I'm not going to go fishing today without throwing a hook out. <laughs> got to know, man. Is there one behind the rock hiding back there? I got to see if I can pull him out. I got a lure today. And this lure is very attractive and beautiful. It'll give you a, a new hunger. You say, I want to bite on that. His name is Jesus. I want to introduce you to my best friend, the King of King and the Lord of Lords. If you don't know him personally, come up here. I'll introduce you to him. He's living right here inside of my heart. And he's ready to speak to you, talk to you, pray for you, whatever you need. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. Father, I know that I'm not a great preacher, and I'm striving to be a great preacher for you one day. But, Lord, even now, I just pray that you'll just give us all grace today to accomplish your will. Lord, we're living in a strange world, in a strange time. We need more of you and less of us. So, Lord, go with us today. Bless our families, our children. Keep those who are on the lake right now safe and sound. Keep us in your will, Lord, and forgive us where we fail you. We love you now in Christ's name, and God's people said amen. Amen. You may be dismissed.